I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as the flow, navigating on my time spent, letting us know. Billion dollar, billion dollar. So what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, skills, strategies, and systems of successful entrepreneurs so that together we can learn from their experiences, be inspired by their victories, and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, parkour athlete turned entrepreneur and real estate investor, and I am on a mission to help 7.8 billion people achieve success personally, professionally, and financially by empowering their minds and connecting them to the right people. Today, my guests are an absolutely amazing couple who are local real estate investors here in Arizona. In fact, when I was new to Arizona, these were some of the first friendly faces that I got to encounter. And I've been watching them just be on a rocket ship trajectory, growing their business, growing themselves. And I'm excited. We've been talking and about getting on Instagram lives together. We've been talking about just doing different meetups. And now today I get to interview them on the podcast and really dive deep into their origin stories and learn how they've been navigating entrepreneurship and navigating becoming a, a new family. And you guys got a, a new one on the way as well, which I'm super excited about. So guys, help me in welcoming Stephen and Angela Hunt. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marlon. We're so happy to be here. This is exciting. We're very excited. And thank you. We're excited about the little one and the family growing as well. So I'm excited for you guys. Let me, let's jump into this. Let's jump into the origin story of you know, you, before you stepped into real estate investing, you came from, both of you had corporate American, like corporate jobs and pretty good jobs, pretty decent salaries. What started to inspire the switch? Like why most people, when they get a comfortable job and they're doing well, aren't really looking to, to jump ship. What encouraged that? Yeah, great question. So truly we already had the end in mind. We knew we wanted to get into real estate. So we didn't go into corporate America to get that steady income job and have that security. That was never the goal for us. So this dates back a little bit further than us even going into corporate America. We started dating and we were both working at a restaurant together and um, it was fantastic. We loved working together. We then went on to work at a medical practice together and we're going to college at the same time here. And within the first year of dating, we had this conversation where we go, okay, well, we have this incredible life that we want to live. We want to be wealthy. We want to give our families the biggest opportunities. We don't want money to ever be a factor. How do we how do we do that specifically? So we started probably six years ago, really trying to map out what that would look like. Read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, all the self-help books, all that kind of good stuff, and made the decision, we've got to go into real estate. That's where the wealth is created. That's what we've got to do. But how are we going to afford all these 20% down payments? That's really expensive. Well, why don't we just get high paying corporate jobs and we can stack up as much cash as possible to buy as many houses as possible. And that seemed like the right trajectory to us because we didn't see any other way at that point in time. Yeah. So this we, is like seven years ago, way before we knew anything about creative finance, zero money down, raising private money. Plus we were 20 and 21 years old. So right. even if we were to go like raise money, we, we just didn't have the most credible looks, experience, you know, we were just too young, but we just knew eventually this is, this is what we want to do. We want to make as much money as actively as possible now and reinvest that income into assets that are going to produce money 
um, down the road to eventually lead us to financial freedom. And we just thought that was going to be the answer. Like corporate America first, make as much money as you can, dump that money into assets. I, I'm curious, like this like might be even like a side question. But when you guys were first getting together, was that a conversation that you had up front where you oh, both yeah. like day one contract? Like I think one of our first dates ever was at In and Out Burger. And we went over, okay, religion, politics, money. The three <laughs> things to touch on, we touched all of them. We go, okay, we're a good fit. We can keep moving forward. Otherwise, why are we going to waste? We both came out of long-term relationships at the time. And we kind of knew that we wanted something specific if we were going to be in a relationship. And it just happened to line up uh, and worked out really well in that way. That's huge because uh, I see a lot of people starting partnerships and I see a lot of times partnerships get started for the wrong reasons. They get started because, hey, you know, I'm excited about this business venture. And, you know, my brother, he lives in the house with me. He'll be like a great business partner. Oh, yeah, we've been best friends since kindergarten. Why wouldn't we become business partners? So I like that on your first date, you established that upfront contract. You both had that conversation, which a lot of people can be. It's uncomfortable. So oh. you decided that you were going to step into corporate America. You were going to ultimately just save up a ton of money to be able to afford these 20% down payments. And at what point, like, is that still the game plan or did that plan switch? No. Oh, it's completely no. changed. Yeah. <laughs> the more we <laughs> learned, it's like, oh gosh. So, and just for a little bit of background too, we ended up jumping into medical sales for any listeners that are curious what jobs we selected. We knew that medical sales was a great way to make a lot of money. We ran up that ladder really fast and got really some of the top medical jobs there until going into management. And we're like, okay, that's where the road stops because we got to buy some houses. Well, out of nowhere, and may, I don't, maybe it's an act from God, I don't know what happened, but you know, April Giuliano, Angel's stepsister, she calls us one day, hey, I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. Keep in mind, she lives in Florida. So she goes, I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. We're like, what? Why are you in Gilbert? Ari what? And Why she didn't know where we lived. She knows like we're in Arizona, but she didn't know like what city like what crossroads, nothing. Like she lives in Florida. We see each other every couple of years. It's hard because she's got little kids. We have our life here. It's not like we see each other that often. And out of like at 7 p.m. on like a Thursday. And she's like, I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. And I'm like, you're down the street from my house, like literally one mile away. And she's like, do you want to come grab dinner? And I'm like, no, like, yes, let's grab dinner. But like, also, what are you doing here? And come stay with me. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and she goes, well, I'm going to this mastermind with this guy Pace. And, um, you know, I'm getting into real estate. We're like, what? What's going on exactly? So she comes over to our house. She breaks down what she's learning with Pace. And I go, that's black magic. That does not work. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And I completely was a naysayer at that time. And then she finishes up the mastermind and we keep working corporate America for a full year while she is crushing it her first year of real estate. Doing she's wholesaling full left and right. She's taken over mortgages subject to, she's doing seller finance. She gets into development. She is like, I mean, literally I was, I was looking at her journey and I was like, how the heck did you accomplish so much so fast as quickly? And here we are like literally stacking checks to put down like regular down payments on investment properties to cash flow like 200 bucks, 300 bucks, like stupid. Yeah. Stupid. And we were making great money. Like it's, it, and it wasn't an issue, but then we were like, wait a minute. We've just spent this whole time, literally years 
like trying to do this, which we thought was the right way. Cause you read all these books. Like we read, um, like the bigger pockets books and until you're truly doing something, you don't fully understand it. So when we like would read about hard money loans and doing a rehab and a refi and, you know, this Burr method sounds great, but I don't fully like get it, get it. It's just like, we never really took action. We were like, you know what? It sounds so complicated. Let's just, I think it's easier to go and make like three, 400 grand a year and like, just take that money and like, just put the 20% down. Yeah. Like, let's just live really low cost and like have a very conservative, you know, um, life until we build up all these rentals, which was going to take like, maybe by 60, we'll be financially free <laughs> living a dream life. Like, we just genuinely thought that's what you're supposed to do, you know, just one at a time. And I think that's one of the hardest parts. Like Angel, you just said it. It's like, it works. It's just, oh my gosh, do you have the time to do that? So you got to see April. She came out, she started showing you guys this, like, Hey, like I figured out this creative financing stuff. I found this guy named Pace Morby, but I, like you said in the beginning, you still didn't really grab hold of it. What, like what prevented you from grabbing hold on it? Like when you look back, what was that? Well, you know, April, the way she was explaining it to us, it was so nonchalant. And I was like, (laughs) well, yeah, you would just take over the mortgage and do this and this and just, you know, put these funds there. And I was like, okay, this is, (laughs) this is a little bit too chill for something this complex. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Overcomplicating it. That was it. Cause she'd be like, oh, you just take it over. And we were like, you know, we're on our second bottle of wine. Is it the wine talking? <laughs> like we just couldn't, we just thought it was so complex. We're like, there's got to be so much more. And we didn't still fully understand, like this was during COVID. Like we just went through a massive shutdown. Um, We were just kind of like, well, the market is uncertain. We don't really understand how it works. It's got to be more complicated than that. We had every excuse in our head of like, why this is too sketch, too shady. We just need to like do things the conventional way that we think we should do. And it just, I don't, it was just a broken mindset. Like, yeah, I don't know. We were overcomplicating it, it. So one day we just make the decision and this was about a year ago. Um, and we're like, okay, we're joining the course, but it is what it is. We're watching <laughs> April kill it. You know, we can do this. We can definitely do this. We got this. And I was hating my corporate job that I was in. I I have a habit of getting fired from every job before I hit one year um, (laughs) because I overstepped my boundaries and I tried to add processes and things where I see gaps within the business. And that's not well received when you're an employee. Um, So that that held us back there. So I'm like, okay, let's join this course and I'm going to quit my job very shortly after this. And that's exactly what happened. We binged the entire course. We went to all the meetups. We went, we got as involved as we possibly could on every front. We made it our full-time priority to make sure that we would be involved in everything real estate. So all we eat, sleep, and breathe is real estate. So we can learn this as quickly as possible to be as successful as possible, as fast as possible. And to your credit, I got to say, you did just that. I mean, I don't think there was a single meetup I went to and you weren't already standing there. I'm like, when the hell did you get here? Dude? <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to be the first ones there and the last ones there. That way, anybody that was important to talk to, we wanted to make sure we had the opportunity. We didn't want to let anything go to waste. Dude, no, and you 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 both did that. And like I, I want to like highlight that because it wasn't that you just got in, you're like, all right, cool, like Angel April's killing it. I'm gonna jump into this mentorship program and I'm just gonna learn through osmosis. Like, no, you actually took the effort 
to go out and to submerge yourself, fully immerse yourself in the information, in the community, in the people, in the meetups, and work the system, work the process. And I want to highlight that because so many times people, they buy these courses, they they listen to these podcasts, they are, they're reading the books, but they're not doing the critical step of implementation. And you did the implementation part, which I absolutely love. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's, it's, we're very much so those types of people though, where you do, you have to take immediate action. Otherwise it just goes to waste, you know? So when we used to have the idea of getting into medical sales, we would read every sales book we could. We're like, how are we going to get good at sales and get into medical sales? Well, we have to educate ourselves on sales. So we would read books. We'd buy a stack of books on sales. We'd each read a different book. And then we'd go for a walk in our most favorite neighborhood. It could be Arcadia or Paradise Valley, the most luxurious neighborhoods of Arizona. And we would dream and envision it. And then we'd talk about the things that we learned in the books we were reading and we'd cross-reference it. And then when we finished those books, we swapped books and saw how the other person perceived it. So we knew exactly what the other person thought as well. And that way we could role play with each other as well and become better at sales so we could conquer our jobs. And we just carry that same mindset into real estate as well. And immediately when we learn something, we go look for solutions within that, right? If it's a certain way to fund a deal, okay, well, now that I see that that works, let's figure out everything around it as well. That way we can make sure we have that really secured. And then just go again, go on our walks, envision our dreams and teach it back to each other. Now repeat it back to me. How would you have done it any differently? What else comes to mind? And your learning curve just kind of, I mean, it speeds everything up because you truly know when you understand something is when you can explain it and break it down to somebody else. And that's just how we've lived. I mean, our whole lives, like, I mean, with everything that we do yeah. is if you can't go home and explain it in a very detailed breakdown to your spouse on how it works, the ins and outs, how we're going to make money, what's our exit, whatever this, what are the things that we need to put in place to execute? then you don't fully understand it. If you can't explain it, okay, then go back and figure it out again. And yep. so I think that's what made us made it happen that quickly. That's a whole like bar right there. Like I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking like, all right, what moment is just said 18 minutes? Like you guys need to go back and listen to like <laughs> that part over again, because you're so right. It's until you can teach it to somebody, you yourself don't fully understand it. And being able to practice and have a partner that allows you to go back and forth and do that, to be able to say, hey, this is how I see it. This is how I understand it. This is what we're doing. That's so mission critical to see the success. So let's talk about it. As you were getting into it and as you were starting to get some traction, you know, I know, Stephen, you ended up, you said you couldn't keep the jobs for more than a year because ultimately, and let's highlight that for one second, by the way, it shows poor leadership from your employers that when you would come in and you would have suggestions on how to grow an organization on filling in the gaps that it would get pushed off because ultimately you're asking them to, hey, we've got to invest in what we're doing here so we can build it and grow it. That's poor leadership because a good leader listens. So I love that you decided that, hey, you know what, instead of me just saying whatever and giving up and just molding in to be like everyone else and conforming, you stepped out. So you stepped out and Angel, I believe you kept your job in the beginning, right? Like in the, oh, yeah. and I, actually, I still don't even know if you still have your job, but I know at least when I first met you both that you had made this decision that, okay, like Stephen, we're putting some weight on your shoulder, man. You're going to go out into the world and you're going to go, you know, build for us. And I'm going to stay and I'm going to hold down this foundation and I'll make sure that this stays stable. Can we talk about that for a little? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She is the one that told me to leave my job. Actually, when I came to her with the proposition of, Hey, my manager just had a discussion with me 
and said, hey, would you be open to a mutual separation of the company? Because he has no reason to fire me, right? He didn't like his toes being stepped on. So he goes, would you be open to a mutual separation of the company? We'll give you a severance. And I said, well, I need to talk to my wife about that first. And this was 8 a.m. in the morning, his first, our first meetings, you know, for the corporate world. And I walk into the next room because this was over Zoom. And I go, so this is what happened. She goes, oh my gosh, you got to leave. You have to leave and just do real estate full time. That's it. And that's, a, we, I called him right back. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. There's a lot of people who make great employees and they want to be just told what to do. And they will do a fantastic job of doing that job. And they want that security. And that's fantastic. That's not like, I'm not bashing it. That's amazing. It's a great quality to have, to be able to be given a task and do an excellent job of doing it. But then there's those out of the box thinkers that no matter what they have squirrel syndrome, like you know, they're hired to do one job, but they see an opportunity somewhere else and they see a bottleneck there and they're just drawn to fixing it or growing it or whatever that is. And trying to box up that personality is never going to work. So Steven, every single time he got a corporate America job, I'm like, why are you doing this again? Because we've, we've, when we were younger throughout the years, we've tried to start small businesses but nothing, it was like throwing spaghetti at a wall and nothing had just stuck yet. Um, we tried different products. We tried different services and just like, we just failed. But I always knew like you are an entrepreneur at heart. Like you can't go work for somebody else because you're a visionary. You're always going to be stepping out of your box and pissing other people off because they hired you to be an employee and you're just, that's not your personality. It just isn't. So stop doing that. And take this opportunity, like you're literally getting fired every year over year, not because you're doing a bad job, but because you're, you're not doing your job. You keep doing other people's jobs. So stop, quit and start your own business. Like we have an opportunity within real estate, put in your resignation letter today, forget the severance, forget anything, just like quit, be done and never, ever make a commitment to me right now that you're never going back. And so he did just that. <laughs> and during that time, we had a few marketing campaigns going because we were trying to, you know, we were already part of sub two at this time. We joined in August and this is like November timeframe. So we were just trying out, we hired VAs, we had texting campaigns, we had cold callers. Um, but, you know, it just, it was kind of going okay. Like it wasn't going that well. So I was like, you know, scratch the systems. You've got time now on your hands. You're now self-employed. Um, let's like rethink how do we want to, you know, generate leads for the real estate business? What do you really want to do? And so over that Christmas from like November to really end of December timeframe, talk to people, go to the meetups, see how other people are generating their leads. Um, you know, what's kind of like going to be your best way to do this. And I'll hold down the fort. I'll hold my job. Everything's going to be good. And, you know, he kind of goes out and creates a storm. He's the true like visionary action taker. And then he throws back all the pieces at me and I just organize, like I organize and I put processes and systems into place. I'm not a true integrator, but like better than he is. So at least for the time being, like we can make that work. And so if you want to continue on. Oh yeah, this wouldn't have been feasible without Angel staying in her job though, to kind of go back to your point on that as well. And luckily at that period of time, it made it an easy decision. She had just got promoted to a, or switched companies and got a significant raise there. So 
she had this 200K plus job now that was going to essentially allow me to get everything up and going. But that's a lot of pressure too, because she's at work all day long. What am I doing? You know, am I, am I also getting results for the family? What are we doing here? So yeah, it's exactly that. As soon as we started, canceled every single system, fired the VAs, canceled everything. And I just took two weeks to really think and map things out. And I go, okay, have I liked talking direct to seller? No. Why? Well, because I'm kind of corporate now at this point. And I like corporate conversations and I like B2B conversations. So how can I kind of fit that in? So I started calling just various types of businesses and really kind of conceptualizing the idea of real estate no longer being direct to seller, but rather why am I spending three, four, five thousand dollars a month getting started in real estate on marketing when I can go to an organization, corporate companies that are spending millions of dollars a month on their marketing and they're getting the exact same leads that I want. So how do I get those companies to give me their leads and how can I benefit those companies? by them giving me these leads. So literally the whole month of December and into January, I started calling every single company and fine tuning what my ideal client looked like and how I could be a business service for those organizations. So they send me all their leads. Bro, that's freaking genius. I, I like this because you backwards engineered based off of you, your personality and your skill set. And I think one of the largest problems I see in the world of entrepreneurship is unfortunately the, the rock stars of our industries, they make entrepreneurship look hot and sexy. And I want to go be an entrepreneur. I want to go be a wholesaler. And a lot of people enter into the realm of entrepreneurship, believing that there's really only one position to be played, right? Kind of like everyone wants to be the lead singer of the band in this example, yeah. when they don't realize like, well, bro, there's a drummer, there's bass, there's the guitar there. That, hell, there's the guy that just does the lights up there and that dude's just rocking out like shining the lights and he loves what he yes. does and he's getting a great freaking salary up there he's able to grow an entire organization off of that and so i like that you were able to still become an independent be an independent thinker as you stepped into this world and start to see okay how does steven fit into this right and going b to b when like that opportunity there you're right recognizing, hey, these companies are already doing the thing that I don't really enjoy doing, and they're doing it at a much larger scale. How can I plug in, as uh, Warren Buffett will say, how can I tow myself to a bigger ship, to a bigger boat? Yes. So, yes, yes. yeah, I, I want to hear more about that, man, Like, because that's really cool. Oh, thank you, dude. Yeah, and it's something that I wasn't seeing anybody really do either. And that goes back to having sales experience and the corporate experience as well. So I was trying to leverage what I already knew and the things that I've already learned. I knew that it was no problem for an organization to hire a consultant on for a million bucks and do 20 of those in one year, just so they can get the tax benefits of hiring a consultant, knowing there's not really going to be any result to it, but more of a tax shelter for them. So I'm like, I know the budgets are there. I know that that's the case. Okay, well, now we need to figure out who can I go to? What businesses could give me leads that fit for me? But I could also get them business. Well, let's start to reverse engineer that, right? So I come from the medical field. So I already had existing relationships with hospitals. So I thought, well, I need to really stick in that field then in that case. So the way that I came up with this was I'm going to go to hospitals. I'm going to go to assisted living communities. I'm going to go to everything that has to deal with sick and elderly people. Because if you look at the national statistics when it comes to sick and elderly people, most individuals have like 90%, less than $1,000 to their name, and 40% of those people wouldn't know where to find $400 if they needed it. However, most of those people 
87% of that entire demographic in the US owns a house. 87% of that entire demographic owns a house. So looking at that, I go, okay, well, this is a way that I can finance somebody to get the care that they deserve, whether that's going to be at a community, whether that's with the hospital bills, whether that's with this or that, I can figure out a way to help them afford the care that they deserve. So I took all the different ways that you can transact real estate, every like from the seller finance to the cash offers to the sub twos to, to every single way you can possibly do it. And I completely called them something different and productized them. So I've now turned transactions into a service. And I went and started selling my services to all these organizations. And I said to the organizations, look, you have people that are in the hospital right now and it's taking them a year to get discharged because they have no money to get out. I can get them out in two weeks. Would you send me your patients if I could help get them placed into the next home for them? If I could get them out of your hospital beds in two weeks? Hey, assisted living communities. Hey, it's taking people six to 12 months to sell their house because they have to go through the belongings, the kids have to fly in from out of state, that they don't have the money to even get transferred over. What if I shorten that down to two weeks and I turned your conversion rate from six to 12 months down to two weeks? Would that be a benefit to you guys as a business? And they go, absolutely. Uh, so my first week going out in the field and doing that, I got my first lead. And every lead that I get, I stuck to that same exact model. Hey, I have three awesome solutions for you here. We all, we obviously offer probably over a hundred that I could come up with here, but here's what I think would work best for you. Now I'm a trusted person going in because the hospital or the community they want to go to has referred me over. I already have inherent trust and I'm guiding them. Here's option one. This is a cash offer. This is how this would look. Here's option two. I can actually get you almost double the amount of value on your house, but I'm going to break that down into payments for you. I don't talk about terms. I don't talk about interest rates. That's why everything I buy is 0% interest um, and typically no down payment either because I don't talk about those things, right? So here's cash, here's creative, or we can go with a realtor. And the good news for you is that I've partnered with a realtor that's going to give you half off their commission. However, if you do that, you're going to have to fix the windows, this, 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 and this, and this is what you're going to walk with. And I give them all three and I go, Mr. Seller, which one do you think would work best for you? And I let them make the decision. I've already geared that so that every single one works out in my favor. Bro, like this is just mind blowing. There are people that are sitting here like, wait, what? <laughs> like, seriously. Really, it's when so you think about it. Yeah. It's a win-win-win for everybody because the hospital were saving their butts because they are losing so much money because they have their beds full and they can't get rid of these patients because they don't have the money to get out. So a lot of the time we can actually put a lien on the house and front the payment for them to get out of the hospital or get into the facility that they need to and basically take care of that and then buy, purchase, you know, the house on the back end. So to them, the seller is, I mean, we've had people truly like sit down at the table with us as we're closing escrow, calling us, you are my saving grace. I don't know what I would have done without you. I've been stuck at this hospital and these hospital bills are stacking up. My house is 50 years dated and plumbing needs to be completely ripped out and redone. There was nobody else that was going to come in, front the payment for me to move into out of the hospital and into the facility and make the transaction as seamless as you guys have. You know, the family is happy because they're just over the moon. A lot of the families, you know, live outside of um, Arizona where the parents have chose to retire here, but the family lives in Texas or Kentucky or whatever else. 
So we've eased the process for the entire family. And then now the community is thanking us because, oh my gosh, it would have taken six to 12 months to convert this patient into our facility, but you made it happen within two weeks and you gave them the money that they needed and you closed in a timely manner. I mean, that's the thing. Like we will set up terms that we know for a fact we can either close on or we can sell that contract to somebody else um, who we vet and verify to make sure that the family is taken care of and put first who will perform on those terms. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. See, that's incredible. And I, I want to highlight that, you know, one of my first mentors, he used to always say, quit looking at houses and start looking for problems. So mm-hmm. start looking for people that have problems. Stop looking, like stop going on Zillow. Like if you're new to this industry and you're listening right now, stop looking on Zillow. Stop driving around your neighborhood, driving for dollars. Like if you want to do that, sure. Like the gas man's going to be very happy with you, but start looking for problems. And what you did there, you both, you isolated a problem and it was a very specific problem where you're helping people which is huge and i think sometimes we we forget that that if you go out and you serve other people the money will follow mm-hmm. the money will always follow and you're able to give them these options where it's either like you said you're giving them cash you're giving them terms or you're hooking them up with a realtor and you're just laying it out there for them just this is a beautiful beautiful model so I'm curious, are you doing this model in other states or is it just local here to, to Arizona? We we service nationally is what we say because we have a community of investors that work nationally. So that's the good news. <laughs> so we service people nationally. We have bought one house in Ohio, um, but I haven't loved that experience. It was a senior and it was somebody that we were able to help. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And we'll probably still make some some money on it, but nothing like you get here in Arizona. It's just a completely different market. As you know, you invest in the Midwest and those areas. Um, the houses are just different. It's a different world out there than Arizona. You can make 150K on the flip out here and out there, it's you can buy four houses for 150K. <laughs> hey guys, Marlon Johnson here. I hope you're enjoying the episode. We'll get back to it in just a moment. First, I wanna say thank you for your continued support. And I'm happy to share with you that we've relaunched MMC. MMC is the millionaire mindset community. If you love these thought-provoking conversations, then you need to be a part of MMC and get in the room with other like-minded entrepreneurs. MMC is a private group where we connect daily to work on ourselves and our businesses. We have daily Zoom calls with other entrepreneurs who are setting goals, collaborating, and doing business together. Plus, a weekly coaching call from either myself, other coaches, or special guests. Also, being a part of MMC allows you early access to podcasts like this before they air, as well as behind-the-scenes conversation that my guests share. Because I want to make joining MMC a no-brainer, I'm offering listeners a seven-day trial for just $1 by going to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com. Go to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com, and when you register, you'll be able to do a seven-day trial for just $1. And if you don't get value from being in the room with the right people, you can cancel your membership on the sixth day. So what do you have to lose? Go to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com right now and register. Don't wait any longer to change your life. I'll see you in the room. Now back to the episode. I love it. So let me ask you this question, moving a little bit away from this business model for a second. I got to say the, the level of understanding that you two have between each other. I mean, I can like already like imagine people listening to this and they're like, man, I want that relationship. 
right? Like, because there was so much support. There's so much trust. There's so much, I mean, you told your husband, yeah, quit your job, right? And give you gave him that space to go out and to go and build. And I'm curious, like in that moment, you know, I know, Stephen, you said like that was a bit of pressure. You know, what was it like living through those early stages? Because I think there are some, especially some men right now, some men and women, just their partners where one partner is actively going out to build something. And, you know, they're feeling like, man, I'm trying to build like this thing out of nothing. And, you know, what was that like in the early stages? It was really tough because we're very much so we go on every single day, we go on a walk and talk about all these things. Right. So every day we're going on these walks and she's like, so what did you get done today? Holding each other accountable. Whoa. What did I get done? Uh, I, uh, I logged into the CRM, but that, and then I, and you know what I mean? I wouldn't have these answers. I'd start, I'm like, okay, I got I got to do something about this. Like I need to fill my time and I need to make sure that I'm always busy. And if that means that I need to go hang out with some local investors, if that means I need to jump in somebody else's system, make calls for them, I need to do something that's a money-making activity, at least that's going towards this business until I have figured out what it is that I want to do. Because you have that period of trying to figure it out and trying to see if something's going to work. So then to make it even more difficult, I come to her and I go, listen to this. We're going to do something that nobody else is doing. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yep, I'm going all B2B. I've already mapped it out. I think it's going to work. I've already called this many communities and facilities, and I've already set meetings up with them, and I'm bringing them lunch, and I'm going to pitch it to them, and I'm going to see what they have to say. And she's like, oh, are you sure? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I think it's going to work. She goes, well, then I trust you. I wow. completely trust you. Go for it. And it worked, luckily. Well, into even back up a little bit, like, there's a lot of spouses out there where, you know, right now, like we have a lot of friends that are not in real estate and the guys are like, how do I get in? My wife is not supportive or, you know, my other half just like, just doesn't see the vision. She doesn't get it. Or it's at the end of the day, like maybe there's a little bit of trust that isn't necessarily there. Um, what I think what like attributes to a lot of the trust and the respect that we have within our relationship where he can come to me and say, I'm going to go out and do it. And I support him fully. And I know he does the same thing with me as vice versa is, you know, people talk about like the five love languages that people have. And of course we have our preferences to what works for us and what works for your partner. But I truly believe in words of affirmation. So the way I talk to my spouse is, you know, you, you, when you go out there, you make great things happen. When you put your mind to something, I know you will execute because you're a committed man. Like I put these things out there and I constantly compliment him. And I tell him like these almost characteristics of, you know, of all these attributes. Right. And as a man, I think psychologically, just having the respect for me. He's like, Oh my gosh, my wife thinks so highly of me. She knows that I can accomplish so much like, well, I can't let her down. So it actually drives him to go and pursue more and do more and execute more because I come home, you know, he comes home and then we celebrate those things together. So a lot of it is truly like, it truly is psychological. Like I 100% believe it. And so when you're constantly speaking those things, like, I don't remember who said it. I watched this video, like you want to speak into your partner, the things that you want them to become. And they eventually just become those things because you're constantly speaking it into existence. 
And so, and I truly believe like, that's what we've done over the years for the both of us. Like Mm -hmm. I would come home from a sales job and he would always say, you've crushed your quota. You're an amazing saleswoman. Uh, People just absolutely love you. You attract uh, the business that you're, you know, that you're getting your paychecks are literally showing like how amazing you're doing because you are those things. And so just by pouring positivity and love into each other constantly builds up this confidence of, oh my gosh, I can go out there and crush it and do absolutely anything. And you start proving it to yourself and to your spouse. And so anytime one of us comes home and said, Hey, I put my mind to something, I'm doing this. All right, let's, let's figure out how we're going to do it. Cause now I know I respect you. I love you. I trust you. How are we going to do it? Let's do it. So there's a little bit, there's a lot there. Yeah. And that's huge. And I can attest to, you know, knowing both of you and seeing how each of you show up to the world. I mean, you absolutely, both of you show up as such amazing people. In fact, I I think I mentioned, I was on the phone with Ingrid right before us jumping on. And I was like, yeah, I got to go do this interview. I'm like going to be meeting up with Steven Angel. And she's like, oh my gosh, I love them. And I'm like, wow, it's it's so amazing to see how the world is receiving you based on the work that you're doing internally, the work that you're doing at home, the reading the books, the giving each other affirmations, the encouraging one another to go out there to make it happen, to complimenting the wins. And then also, I love, you know, bringing it back to what you said earlier, Stephen. Again, I want to highlight this because the listener there, some of our listeners are, they're new in this journey and they're running into maybe some obstacles right now. They're running into some brick walls and they're feeling like you said, Angel, like, man, my my spouse doesn't support me. They don't see the vision. They don't see the dream. And, you know, I'm starting this endeavor or maybe they do support me, but it feels like I haven't accomplished anything yet. And you might be in a phase of sowing. You might be in a phase of I'm planting the seeds right now. And I'm just showing up each day and I'm just tilling the soil. I'm planting the seed. It's not harvest time, but I'm at least taking the action. And Stephen, it sounds like you never stopped taking the action. And Angel, you not just said, hey, like great harvest. You're like, no, no, great job going out there and planting seeds today. Like you killed it. Like you were the best seed planter on planet freaking earth. So true. So true. And it does. It builds up your confidence to go out there and know that you can do it and do mistakes happen of course but you don't just go you know if it's a, if a day or a week or a month is not productive and we've actually lost money rather than made money you don't go in like oh my gosh you idiot i can't believe this do you understand how hard i worked during the day in my sales job to take this money and basically give it to you to like invest it and do the right thing with it no like you have to communicate and be on the same plan together which again back to what we've foundationally always done is when he goes and makes a decision of we're going to pursue this, it's not completely blind. Like there's calculated risk. And again, I ask him, okay, explain it to me. Exactly. How are you going to do it? Because if you can explain it to me and break down your process and your reasoning of why you're buying this house or why you're investing your money here, then it sounds like you have a plan in place. And what's the backup? What if this fails? What's the third exit? Um, it's calculated. It's not like, well, just trust me blindly. And I'm just going to go do it. Like he understands we're in this together. It's not my money or his money. It's our money. Let's, let's talk things through. So we're on the same page. And if it does fail or if something goes wrong, or, you know, there's a curveball, we can sit down and there's no blame to shift. It's not like, well, I trusted you and you said you had a plan, but it obviously failed. No, it's like, well, Let's sit down and talk about it. This was the plan. 
what went wrong? How can we learn from this? Because this was an us mistake. Like this is a failure that we were responsible for together. Um, how can we learn and how can we make sure that this doesn't happen again moving forward? And then it's a learning experience and it's actually even like more bonding because you really truly do feel like you're in it together because you you really are and you're you're both to blame. You're it's not one or the other. You're you're a team. I'm just saying I'm I'm looking forward to the day you do the master class on relationship building and because <laughs> I mean, what you're talking about right there is like, you're really talking about being a team. Like I wrote down something that was like, you know, you have a plan and you show up as a team and that's critical. And again, I'm highlighting this for the guys out there and the girls out there. Like my partner doesn't understand. Well, have you shown them the plan? Have you come up with a plan? Have you allowed them to co-create the plan with you? And is there an us involved in this plan or is there a you involved in this plan? Are you trying to do it on your own? So that's major. And I want, oh, you know what, did you have something you want to add to that? No, I was just going to say, that's well put. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to know from y'all, you know, so you got to wrap up the the first year of business, a little over a year. I know you said last August is when you entered into the mentorship program, you know, but it was really around December, January that you started to really hone in on this is what I, I think I'm going to do. This is where you came up with, a, a, I got to call it a brilliant plan because it is oh, brilliant. You. And you started to to run with it. So in this year, you know, what have y'all been able to accomplish within that first year? Yeah, so it, the number changed as of yesterday. So we have acquired 15 houses total. Um, we ended up selling three of those houses, one of those being with Ingrid, which was awesome. Woo! Um, it was a flip. It was a flip, yes. Oh, so she knew all about that seller story too. We helped that woman. It was so awesome. But regardless, um, holding on to the rest of all these houses, um, so it's roughly a real estate portfolio of $6.2 million and a little over $2 million in equity between all those houses. So we raised our net worth by another $2 million this past year. And that should cash flow us roughly $9,000 a month take home when, once they're all stabilized. Let's go. I wish I had like the Brent Daniels like bell right yeah, now. the bell. Because <laughs> that is freaking huge. And I mean, just thinking about from your original, you know, very much like, bigger pockets, burr strategy of like, hey, we're just going to work our ass off. Like this, essentially you accomplished in year one, what your original retirement plan was. Yeah. Like, that would have been your entire like, all right, well, we'll just keep doing this. We'll keep buying these houses. You did it in a single year. So first off, congrats to you both. You Thank put you. in the work, you showed up consistently and with intensity and being genuine. So got to give you your props and give you your flowers because you deserve yeah. it. And then I want to know, so with a year like that, how has future planning changed? Like <laughs> I'm imagining your forecast for the future has altered quite a bit after having the, the traction and the, the success as well as the lessons that you learned this year. So I want to know how the future is going to go. And also in a little bit, I'm just going to let you know, I'm going to ask you what were some of the biggest learning lessons that you had this year? Oh, God. <laughs> <Many>. <laughs> um, so sorry, first question one more time. The first question is the future. So how is the plans for the future? How has that changed? Like as you are now looking out into 2023 and even beyond, what do you see for yourselves? Is that something that's already been mapped out? Is that something that's been changing as you've been going? 
Yes, absolutely. So this this year specifically, and this goes into next year. So this year specifically, we said, okay, let's put a big Harry Audacious goal out there and do 12 houses. What if we can get 12 houses this year? That was the conversation we had in January. And we passed that goal. And that was awesome. And we realized how truly achievable this was and how much we were learning in the meantime as well. The business relationships we were creating, not just for the acquisition, because now we're B2B for the exit as well. So now we're only working with businesses and organizations just across the entire gamut. And I like it that way because I like those types of conversations because um, I can have direct conversations with business owners. And those I just like being involved in that. So that changed a lot of things because we said, we're going to do 12. And if we fall short, it's okay. It was that kind of conversation. You know what I mean? Because if we hit nine, that's, that's the better than two. If we set our goals at two, we thought it was this huge goal. So we ended up beating it. We said, okay, well, the next year we need to do 20 if we're able to get 12, right? 20 to 24. But now we've changed that. It's going to be, we want to acquire 40 to 60 for 2023. And it's a crazy goal. And I've just learned not to sell myself short on those goals now too, because it's very, very achievable. And at this point, it's looking at all the successes, the failures, the frustrations, the relationships we have, what do we need to double down on? What do we need to get rid of? We're assessing all of that stuff right now because we go, it is go time starting January. If we're going to hit 60 houses, if we end up doing 60, that's five a month. How are we going to make sure that we have the funding? How are we going to make sure that we have the ability to keep that kind of lead generation coming in? How are we making sure that we have enough exits set up for all of those as well? So we're we're mapping it all out currently still. We're almost done. But um, <laughs> it's it's changed drastically just because we don't want to sell ourselves short. You know, I, I love that. And it's it's so timely, right? You know, because if anyone's listening to this in the future, I want them to understand like where December 22nd, 2022, we're wrapping up the end of Q4 for 2022. And this is the time really during this fourth quarter when we start planning things out. So I like that you said like, hey, we've been planning and it's not quite done, but we're still planning. And the fact that you're looking at all the things that you're going to need in order to get to that next stage of your development in business. And I'm just curious for some of the people that are listening, right? Because we are real estate investors and I know that we we collaborate and we're always sharing the wealth and we're allowing other people to work with us. Is there opportunities for people that are listening to you too? And they're like, man, I want to get involved with what you're doing. Are there opportunities for people to get involved? Absolutely. Um, right now, this is kind of 2023 is going to be the year where we scale and we delegate a lot of the tasks that we do every single day. I mean, this year was a year of learning where we, we wanted to make sure we tried absolutely everything. Like we've delegated transactional coordination to somebody else, but we also wanted to make sure that we understand the process and we know how to do it. So we've been our own TC for, I mean, probably 10 to 12 deals and then had somebody else um, do a handful of others. Um, we, we wanted to make sure we understood how construction works. So we were project managing our flips. We were, you know, raising funds and making sure like we've got a banking system that's organized and I was moving around those funds. I still do. Um, making sure, you know, like we were literally doing every single step of the business. And this year, now that we kind of, not that we're experts by any means in each and every area, but we are, we know enough to be dangerous now. It's like, okay, we get it. Um, now we understand what our superpowers are. We need to figure out if we're going to truly triple our volume, we need to focus on what we're really good at and focus on that alone and just delegate everything else. So in this upcoming year, we're going to need people to work with. We need 
project managers, we need transaction coordinators, uh, we need underwriters, we need people to go view houses. We even honestly, we're, we'll probably need a runner to go check on our houses, put lock boxes on. And in the meantime, if it's somebody that's newer, we're willing to take the time to show them the ropes of Stephen's like a walking calculator, how he underwrites, how he makes um, his offers, especially in a changing market, right? We're in a recession. Um, things are very, very different from, you know, you, you could, you could make mistakes and a year ago and still make it out. Okay. Now making a mistake can put you out of the game. So if somebody's looking to learn, we can absolutely have them shadow what we're doing and shadow our operation and learn the real estate and learn the numbers and learn how we kind of run and do things. Um, so that's kind of what the next year is going to look like for us. Yeah. It's just really building out. that. And also we will buy their deals. So if you got deals in Arizona, right? Yes, we have one lead source, but guess what? That lead source needs to keep producing and to hit the numbers that we're looking to hit. We're probably going to be buying some more wholesale deals, but I think it's the perfect time to do those two things in conjunction with each other because wholesalers, I've noticed, are a little bit more dry when it comes to their buyer lists right now. So it makes it really nice to be a consistent buyer. Um, it's also it's just always leveraging the situation at hand, and I think it's a perfect time to get in with a lot of wholesalers as well. So we want to focus a little bit on that too. So y'all just heard that clearly. Like if you're listening to this, if you live local, first off, if you're local to the Arizona market, to the Phoenix, Arizona area, you need to be connecting with these two. You need to find them, hunt them down, figure out a way to, to work for them, to work with them, to because essentially if they come and they follow along, I just want to really put this in a place where they can understand you guys are paid for mentorship. You guys have paid for masterminds. You guys have invested the time into learning the information. And even more than that, you've invested the time into applying the information. And that application taught you things that the mentorships, that they can guide you there, but they can't teach you the nuance of the experiences because those are things you have to go and feel out for yourself. You've been able to go and get that feeling. And now I'll just say this. You guys resonate on a different level. You're vibrating on a different frequency. And I want people to get around that. That's probably more valuable than anything else. If they have the ability to go get into physical proximity with you and to be able to start to read your minds and learn how you think and learn how you see things, that in and of itself is uh, people would have to pay for that. So mm -hmm. if they can have that opportunity to work with you and to grow alongside you, I just I'm recommending you take it up take that opportunity. And thank you. If you guys are wholesaling deals, if you're doing this business virtually and you come across deals, send it their way, send it to Steven, send it to Angel, make sure that they are looking at the deals because you're absolutely right. Right now, I see it right now. A lot of my buyers have started to shrivel up. I'm still actively buying, but I've noticed that there are not as many buyers in the marketplace anymore. Not people that you can depend on. So being able to go and talk to trusted, dependable buyers who are actively buying through the market shift, and if they don't buy a deal, would explain to you, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is why this isn't a good deal. Who would actually help educate you so that you can do business together in the future? If not today, maybe tomorrow. Again, invaluable. Oh, I we appreciate that. And that's something that I love to talk to wholesalers about too, which, you know, hey, wholesaler people out there always ask why. If somebody says no to the deal, always ask why, because nobody asks me why. And I used to explain myself every time I would say no, because I felt bad 
Now I just say no. And if you want to know why, I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you where the number needs to be specifically. So you can go back and either try to get it lower or how the term needs to be written up. And even if it was something that you didn't feel comfortable doing, I'm happy to talk to the seller, help you lock it up for what I needed at. And I'll still pay you the fee on that as well. Just because I think there's, it's a great opportunity to learn. It's a great, great way to team up and collaborate with people. I look at that as a long-term relationship at that point, because if I was able to help you right now, I know that if I just fed you today, you may feed me tomorrow. And that's fantastic. And that's why I give re realtors, you know, referrals as well. When I go pitch my clients that I work with. That's huge. So let me ask you this. I want to be respectful of you guys' time, but I love that you made time for me today, you know, with your busy schedule. And I want to wrap it up with these three questions. So the first one I already warned you about, which is, I want to know, as you went through this year, I know you're an entrepreneur. It was not this, you know, beautiful rainbow ride up into the clouds that everything just worked out. Ah, oh, I just woke up and I, I had this idea for B2B and it just worked on the first phone call and we're just, we're just killing it. So what were some of the most valuable lessons that you would feel that you learned this year? And when I say lessons too, I want people to understand where lessons come from. They come from what others might perceive as failures or mistakes, mm -hmm. right? But those are experiences where now you know, hey, this is why we do it this way, because when we did it this way, it didn't work out. So what were some of the most valuable lessons that you picked up in 2022? Oh, wow. Well, do you have anything off the top of your head that you I do. start with? Yeah. <laughs> um, biggest thing is truly stick to what you're good at. Like find if you want to grow and you want to grow quickly, obviously there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve because you may be coming into real estate, not really knowing exactly what you're good at. But once you figure out like what kind of sort of comes naturally to you, don't be afraid to work with other people and get into joint ventures and leverage other people's skills. Because um, something that we still struggle with today is I know Steven is really good at talking to lenders, negotiating rates. He's a walking and talking calculator. He can walk into a house and literally spit out a number of how much rehab is going to cost, how much everything's going to cost, where he needs to buy it at, how to underwrite it, how to make sure we have multiple exit strategies. That is his thing. Like his mind works beautifully in that. But if he just spent the morning putting an Airbnb bed together and he's drained from that for the past, like five hours setting up a house, like that's not good use of your time, energy. And so then you're going into important meetings to raise private capital, completely drained from a task that you should have delegated and given to somebody else or partnered on the deal with somebody who can be boots on the ground, setting up the house for you. And just like, just use people around you to get the job done quicker and faster and stick to something that you're really good at. Like stick to that one thing and either partner or, you know, collaborate with others to get the other stuff done. Mm -hmm. You will grow and scale so much faster. And this is like me giving, like, I need to take my own advice. That is the, the, the one thing that I think have really slowed us down this year. And again, if we wouldn't have gone through it, then we wouldn't have learned that, but that's, that's the biggest takeaway. If your skill is talking to sellers, find somebody else who can be really organized and build out your schedule in order to, you know, continue the follow-up. It's almost like that visionary integrator role, right? Like figure out what your strength is and find a buddy or a partner or somebody to work with. That's really good at something that you're not, and you're, you're going to go that much further together. 
Yeah. Uh, and building off of that too, not being scared of partnerships either, because it sounds freaky to say, oh, I'm going to go into a long-term relationship with this person, but you don't know what that relationship could be. And if that's, what's going to take you to the next level, you should totally do it. We have, we have multiple partnerships across a lot of those houses and it's fantastic because it's, it's bud really awesome opportunities with those individuals because they have specific things they're looking for. So I know if I want to do an Airbnb or I run into a house and it's on an acre lot, it has a pool and it is so cool, but it needs a hundred thousand dollars worth of repairs. Well, I know who I'm going to bring that to that we're going to partner up with because we've done it before and it's going to be rinse and repeat over there. And then this person over here, um, I'll do a regular rental with or a wholesale with, whatever the case is, being okay with partnering with people. I would say one of the biggest lessons I learned because I was doing a lot of the project management and that kind of stuff is cutting people off um, once, once they're not working and just being okay with that because I had a lot of conversations with contractors and GCs and things like that where I'd say, hey, you know, I finally got to that point in my heart. I'm such a nice person. I don't ever want to be mean to anybody where I'm like, hey, uh, I'm firing you from this from this house, you're taking too long or you're not doing it right or whatever the case is. And then they would come back and say, no, 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 that, that was my fault. I'll be better. I'll be better. And I would give them the second chance. And if I could go back and do it all over again, my second chance was following up with you up until we got to the point of me firing you. Once you're fired, you're fired. There's no second chance. And just moving on with life from that point forward. Man, those are both huge. I really want people to take them home because I personally have gone through both of those challenges. So as you're saying that, I'm like, man, were you guys like hanging out with me this year? Like, were, were, we, <laughs> were we business partners? Like, were you there for the 52nd Street flip? Like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> so yeah, like I absolutely agree with you. That's super sound advice. And I want people to listen to that and know it. And listen, guys, like as you're listening in the audience, as you're listening to this, you might know this advice. You might've heard this advice. And some of you are still going to need to go out there and touch that fire. So just as you touch the fire once, let Stephen and Angel's voice come back into your head so that you don't have to go and touch the fire multiple times and you don't have to keep your hands on the fire for too long. So the next question I have for you is you both mentioned that during the early stages, and I'm sure even today, you were picking up books, you were reading on whatever topic it is you wanted to learn on. And I'm sure some of those books have been absolutely paradigm shifts in your mind. So they've been life changers for you. Can you name one, no more than two books, each of you that have totally changed the way you look at the world, totally changed the way you think. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be just about business. It could just be books that for you, once you pick them up, you are never quite the same afterwards. Hmm. Well, that's really good. Um, I know we're going to have similar answers. But I'll, I'm going to go first so I can steal it. But Rich Dad, Poor Dad being one of them definitely changed the game for me. That was huge. Um, and then the other one I would have to say was probably I really enjoyed The Intelligent Investor by Warren Buffett. It was really difficult for me to get through when I read it because at that time in my life, I didn't understand what investments were. It just it was what rich people did. So I just didn't understand it. So I had to read through it so many different times and listen to it. So I would listen to it on audiobook and read it at the same time. And I had to keep going back. And if I didn't know what a word meant, I'd have to Google it and all that kind of stuff. But because I took such a deep dive on all that, it taught me so much to get to the understanding of how I have certain things now, as well as how I should really conceptualize the market, not just the stock market, but the housing market, everything in, in general. I don't have emotions when it comes to this now. 
I'm very, very detached in that way. And I only look at it from the numbers perspective. And I think that that book was a huge help in that changing my mindset there. That's huge. Yeah. Right, Andrew, what about you? What do we got over there? Um, so yeah, I mean, like probably most people's and Stevens, rich dad, poor dad changed my life because I grew up in a very, um, middle-class traditional household. Um, I mean, I actually was born and raised in Russia and my mom came here. Um, she brought me 16 years ago. So it was always ingrained, you know, go to college, get a good job, put money into savings, you know, pay down a house, live a conservative lifestyle. And buying a house always seemed like an asset where I just, I just was never exposed to finance and leveraged debt and understanding assets versus liabilities. So when I read that book, I love my parents, but I'm just like, and they do okay. Like they're, you know, middle-class. Um, but I realized, oh my gosh, like my dad is poor dad and my mom is poor mom. And as much as I love and I respect my parents, if I follow their advice and live the life they want me to live, I'm going to end up exactly where they are, hoping that my 401k is going to be enough for me to retire on if the economy isn't like tanking at the time that I want to retire and my 401k is plummeting. And I basically am stuck working a W-2 job that I have to depend on for the next 60 years. And that's not the life that I want to live. So fundamentally that changed, that book completely changed my mindset and how I look at the world. Currently, um, my favorite probably book right now, business-wise is The Pumpkin Plan. Um, it's really making me see it's so easy for us. This applies to, I mean, any industry, anything you're trying to build, but I think like we see this so often with new people starting a real estate business, whether they're a wholesaler or, um, you know, buy and hold investor flip, whatever you are, is it's so easy to get distracted and do like a million things at once. And then you're not really growing. You're kind of stagnant because you have like literally this giant patch of like all these little pumpkins where you really need to analyze, like, what do you want? What's generating income? What do you need to narrow your focus and like really dial in on to basically grow and basically cut out the rest? Like we live in a world of way too many distractions and too many options. And we need to learn and train ourselves um, to become disciplined and be able to focus on one thing, get really, really good at that and grow a really large, large pumpkin out of that. So that's, that's most relevant, I think, to our business and our life right now. And so that's why it's my favorite for, for the moment. Love it. Yo, that's huge. And both of those, like, I love the suggestions. This is selfishly how I build out my personal reading list. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And the final question I have here for you, and this is one of my favorite questions. In fact, I, I think I'm going to probably one day put together a book with everybody's answers. And the question goes a little something like this. I want you to imagine that tomorrow it's December 23rd and you're waking up. And as you're both waking up in this instance, you both find yourselves in separate rooms and you're each waking up alone. And as you're waking up and you're beginning to open your eyes and come to consciousness, 
there's nothing there I, i'm talking no memories i you don't remember anything you don't remember the last year of lessons you don't remember the books you've read the people you've met the experiences you've had it's all gone you're a total blank slate now you're not freaking out you're not scared it's not a saw movie or anything like that mm-hmm. however as you do start to you know have this awareness a thought comes to you and when this thought comes to you there is no doubting it there's no questioning it you just take it on full faith you believe this thought in a hundred percent certainty and no one can convince you otherwise what would you prefer this first thought to be oh wow that's deep that's real deep i think if i woke up i remember nothing depending the biggest problem that I'm facing, I would think to myself, the problem isn't me. Like somebody else out there has the answer to whatever that I'm looking for. So who, not how, like, instead of figuring out, like, how do I get myself? How do I do something is I would want the first thought too, is who do I need to connect with in order to get myself to the next step? That's what I would probably think. Like if I woke up with no memories whatsoever and say, I'm like, I don't know, homeless. It's like, okay, well, who do I need to connect with to like earn an income? Like in the next hour. Yeah. That, that would literally be it for me. And I would look for people that are closest to, I know, I know. Well, (laughs) it's, I would look for the people closest to me immediately. We, we talk about this all the time. But if you took everything away, we didn't have the knowledge and we had to be put on the streets. What's the first thing you would do? Like I would do something that's actively engaging me, but I would, first thing I would do is go find people. Like that's been a, such a huge learning lesson this year too, is finding the who's and not figuring out the how. And that has catapulted so many things. I will never, ever, ever do anything different than that ever again. Well, I think, and I don't remember where I heard this too, but I think like this thinking stems from like, I watched an interviewer. I don't remember who it was for like, if you only had $500 to your name and everything got wiped out, like, what would you do with that $500? And the person answered, oh, I would spend, I would go to a really nice restaurant like Mastro's and have a really phenomenal $500 dinner. And most people would be like, what? Like you wouldn't want to conserve that money and figure out how to make it last till the next day and figure out how to make more money. It's like, well, no, because you go to Mastro's and you mingle around, you connect with people, other people there who can afford to make that kind of living to be able to eat out that nicely. And I would build relationships over that one dinner that will open up an opportunity for me to get to the next day. Yes. Huge. Oh my gosh. Like you, you both like preaching one of my favorite lessons, which is that campfire effect, the power of proximity going and being around people, which again, why I'm saying, if you are in the Arizona area, if you're in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and you have not connected with Stephen and Angel, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go and find them, hunt them out, stalk them on Instagram. (laughs) Don't be weird about it either. Like, like, hey, look, I listened to you on the Into the Mind podcast. It was super inspiring. And I just wanted to come over and introduce myself, you know, but that advice is so spot on. And I love it. Like, I I never asked that question to two guests at the same time. So that was also the first time I got to see uh, two people like answer that side by side. So that was really cool. Well, you stole my answer. So it's fine. <laughs> so I want to say, 
I want to say thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for coming on and spending time with myself, spending time with the audience, really pouring your story out to them and giving them an opportunity to connect with you. For the people that are just like, oh my gosh, like I want more. I want to figure out how to talk to them, reach out to them, do a deal with them, work for them, work with them, send them a deal. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Instagram, Instagram for sure. Instagram is definitely a... If you message us, Angel Victoria Hunt, and yours is just Stephen Hunt. Just Stephen Hunt. I don't know how I got that one. I was like the first yeah. Stephen Hunt on Instagram. It was great. <laughs> but um, would love to connect. Again, if you're a newbie and you're looking for experience, we can provide that. If you're a W-2 employee that's making money and have no time, we're looking for private money lenders for our deals as well. And we're happy to provide education in return on how we run our deals um, in that way as well. So we always look forward to connecting with more folks out there. And everybody, I give them the seal of approval, even though they don't need it. But like these two are as honest as they come. They're as transparent as they come. They're actually doing the business and they will hold your hand and walk you through every step of the way. So if you have questions, reach out to them. If you're thinking about lending to them, reach out to them. If you're thinking about working with them, sending them a deal, reach out to them. This is just, it's good people. So again, thank you so much for being here. Guys, be sure to look down below in the description. I'm going to have their contact information. I'll have their IGs. So you can just be one click away. And remember, if you got any value at all from this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, leave a comment. I want to hear your thoughts. I read all of those comments and I'll see you all on the next episode of Into the Mind. Thank you so much, Marlon. Thank you so much. This was a blast. This is awesome.